Welcome back to PR After Hours. I'm your host, Alex Greenwood, bringing you your weekly cocktail of PR and marketing tips that will help you and your business. Stick around. We'll get started right after these messages. I've been on Twitter for roughly, I don't know, about as old as my daughter. At least she's since 2008 or so, I think. And I still remember when the first person told me about Twitter, she said, oh, there's a new thing. It's going to be bigger than Facebook. It's called Tweeter. And she had this look on her face like she had, you know, given me the biggest secret ever about Tweeter. Well, anyway, Tweeter was obviously Twitter. And uh, here I am, 9,000 or so followers later. And... Uh, had a lot of fun on it. I've uh, met a lot of people. I've interacted with a lot of famous people, a lot of people who uh, I respect and uh, or just am starstruck by. I've had countless, you know, brushes with greatness. I've even been followed by a few blue check people. Um, I haven't looked recently, but John Dickerson of CBS News followed me after uh, years of me probably fanboying him to the point where he couldn't take it anymore. But I uh, I don't know if he's still following me. I have probably ran him off with all my nonsense on Twitter. But there's been plenty of others, and it's been pretty exciting to connect with a lot of people who are very interesting, which is ostensibly what Twitter's all about. But then it became... In a few years time, especially, of course, during the past four or five, it became quite a toxic place. And I stopped telling clients, stopped telling my friends and family uh, to go to Twitter. I, for all the value you can get out of it, it became a swamp of just toxic behavior, um, people ganging up on people, uh, just a lot more uh, risk than reward for expressing opinion. And I've been thinking for some time, I thought, you know, I'd love to just kind of get rid of it because I don't think it's going to get any better. And, and, you know, as a business, it's middling. I mean, it, it's certainly a valued business and it's got a, it's it's got some value. Don't get me wrong. But the, under its current leadership, I don't see it growing the right way, et cetera, et cetera. Well, I kind of just stopped thinking about Twitter in that regard until I became acquainted with Scott Galloway, Prof G. He teaches NYU. He's got a great podcast, The Prof G Show. He's also on uh, another podcast called Pivot with Kara, Kara Swisher. And uh, he's a pretty brilliant guy. He's funny. He's funny. He's the funniest guy who talks about uh, investing in stocks and the economy uh, that I've ever listened to. I really, he's very entertaining and interesting. Um, somebody else I just followed on Twitter. He probably won't follow me back. But I, <laughs> my point being, he has something pretty interesting that I want to share with you about Twitter. Long story short, and I will put a, sh- a link in the show notes where you can go read up on this and what he says. But he believes that one of the problems with Twitter with the toxicity and the fact that it's got a CEO, Jack Dorsey, who spends about, as Scott says, like a quarter of his day worrying about Twitter and the rest of his day worrying about Stripe, you know, the other business he owns that makes him all his money. Um, He says, you know, the problem with Twitter is that it's too easy to uh, be anonymous and that for, therefore, if you're anonymous, well, okay, unless you're president, I guess, but it's easy to be a jerk on Twitter and it's easy to just kind of make Twitter a nasty place to be if you can be anonymous. You know, it's a lot tougher to go to somebody's face, basically, go up to their face and say nasty things to them than it is to just say it, you know, shouting it out a window when they can't see 
which window you're in. Does that make sense? Well, that's Twitter to a large degree. You got people who have no accountability. You know, there's people who have uh, cutout accounts, burner accounts. There's people who they have one account, but that account is doesn't have their real face, has a strange avatar, has a strange name, whatever. And people just feel free to ride roughshod over other people, uh, you know, very bad behaviors, bullying, all kinds, all kinds of stuff that is not beneficial to the common wheel to, to be, um, uh, you know, expressing your most, your, the most base thoughts you have in the most crass way is not good for public discourse. It's not good for our society. Okay. Scott G and I agree on that. Professor Galloway and I, here's his idea. He thinks Twitter needs to move from an ad model, right? To a subscription model with subscription fees for accounts of a certain size. The platform would still be free for the majority of users, but accounts over 200,000 followers or even 50,000 followers, he says, should pay for the audience that Twitter provides them with. This would lead to better financial results because recurring revenue is reliable, profitable, and earns a higher multiple than transaction revenue. I think that's brilliant. Um, he thinks that it should be free. He's, he goes into more detail, and I agree with this, all the way up to 10,000 followers, and then you need to pay a monthly subscription fee to reach those people. Well, I'm hovering around 9,000. I've never got quite to 10,000, so I'm fine with that. No. <laughs> but just imagine if you just, let's say you have 10,000 followers you want to reach. you got to pay $1.99 a month or $2.99 a month to reach them, just to continue to reach them. Or you can slough them off, try to lose enough to get down to 9,999, you know, whatever that may be. But the point being, um, he says that recurring revenue firms, their year over year quarterly revenue versus market cap growth is just, it's just crazy. He, he points out, uh, you know, Peloton, Amazon, Netflix, Adobe, Restoration Hardware, Disney. These are all firms that he talks about uh, investing in, but he's talking about how Twitter though, a subscription model would also orient Twitter around its users rather than its advertisers and incentivize the company to improve its product. For example, it could provide creators with tools to capitalize on their influence, something an annual development budget of roughly 800 million has thus far failed to accomplish. As a result, uh, Periscope, anybody? I, I, that's my aside there. As a result, other platforms have moved in, such as Substack and Clubhouse, right? Yeah, we'll talk about Clubhouse on a future episode. By the way, I am on Clubhouse. If you want to check me out there, um, uh, just, a, just FYI, if you want to reach me on Clubhouse and follow me there, I'll be doing some stuff there. And it's really easy to find me. It's just the same as my Twitter handle. It's at a underscore Greenwood or search Alex Greenwood and you'll find me. And uh, you can read the bio if you're not sure it's me, a underscore Greenwood on Clubhouse and Twitter. Of course, follow me on Twitter as well. But I love this because uh, he says, you know, a payment system is another obvious innovation for Twitter because recently Clubhouse announced it would be adding payment processing and TikTok said it had formed a partnership with Shopify that will eventually allow merchants to sell products directly through the app. So why hasn't Twitter done this? Well, as he said, and as I mentioned earlier, for one thing, the CEO also happens to be the CEO of the payments company Square. Did I say Stripe earlier? I meant Square. My apologies. Square, where roughly 90% of Jack Dorsey's wealth resides. The fact, This fact highlights not only a distraction, but also a conflict of interest, says Professor G. I'll stop reading from his stuff. Just to say, though, Twitter has rebounded uh, with some innovation or alleged uh, innovation regarding this, though. They have come up with some ideas on ways to further monetize and change the way the platform is operated. And that is in the form of super followers. Um, this is from an article I'll, I'll share in the links, but with mega stars like Justin Bieber and Rihanna, each eclipsing a hundred million Twitter followers. Yeah. It's, 
pretty great that that brain trust is attracting that many followers. Anyway, it's sometimes discussed how much value each of their tweets actually holds. So Twitter's looking to find out. So uh, this was the last week of February. The social media company announced a new feature to its platform called Super Followers that will allow users to charge others to see their tweets. Now, the exact details haven't been ironed out, but according to Vox, different payment options will exist. Followers could pay a user they follow on Twitter a few bucks a month to access that their uh, exclusive content or catch a glimpse of tweets only sent to super followers. It's a lot like super chats on YouTube. If you're doing a live YouTube and uh, some people, they want to leap to the top of the uh, chat box there so that the, the person hosting the YouTube will read their, their chat, their comment, they pay for a super chat. Um, same thing here, kind of. Another level of access may include joining a particular group to access a badge indicating their support for that person or organization. So there's an identity thing there. Um, in the case of a musician or artist, they could perform live shows that only their super followers could see. Same could be true for organizations holding conferences or meetings. Uh, cost wasn't specifically mentioned, but according to USA Today, the super follower sub cost could be as much as $4.99 for an account. So think about that. You you are a name on influencer on Twitter and you've got over 10,000 followers. You're going to pay a monthly fee to keep being able to reach them. And on the other side of that, you're going to have your followers wanting to be super followers. If you've got a big fan base and they're going to pay anywhere from 4.99 on up to be a super follower. So there, right there, subscription based ways for Twitter to make some money. That's not revenue, but ad revenue based. Isn't that great? But here's the thing though, the thing else that, that we're talking about here, I also agree with him that we need to get away from, if you're doing a subscription model, by the way, so if you're subscribing, you can't be necessarily um, an avatar and a fake name. Think about LinkedIn. When's the last time you had a disagreeable, uncivil discussion on LinkedIn? When's the last time somebody on LinkedIn something said something really crummy to anybody that you've seen? They don't. And why is that? One, it's a professional site that people go to because it involves uh, their careers and their professions and making a living directly. That's part of it. But the other part is everybody knows who people are. You are verified. LinkedIn goes to a lot of trouble to verify who the readers or the readers who their members are. That's huge. I think Twitter would lose probably millions of people or millions of accounts would go away immediately or nearly immediately if they went to that model because all these accounts couldn't be verified. And perhaps you only get one account. You get one account that you can verify to yourself and then an account that you can attach to a brand or your business, but that would be it. You couldn't have like eight or 10 burner accounts out there. Um, you know, whether you're a Bernie bro or a MAGA, you couldn't have, you know, all these people, alleged people, these accounts out there um, making a ruckus and causing trouble. Not that everybody who's MAGA or everybody who's Bernie causes trouble. I'm just making an example here. So I I think that Twitter would be well advised to listen to Prof G. I think that a subscription model would clean up a lot. I'm talking a lot of the toxicity around um, uh, Twitter. I mean, there was a report that once uh, the president, former president got off Twitter that they did a survey in about, or or an analysis in like over 70% of the toxicity and 70% of the nastiness that's typical of Twitter went away. That says a lot. I'm sorry if, the, if you feel this is me being overly political, but the numbers don't lie. When you get rid of bad actors, people who cannot behave themselves, people who think it's good to work people up and cause trouble on Twitter rather than share information and, and joke and have fun and talk about uh, what's going on in the world in a civil fashion. I mean, there there are definitely consequences to our actions. Um, you know, I, I'm a firm believer that we all, as Americans, 
and I think as citizens, as humans, we deserve this freedom of speech, but not freedom of reach. If you can't behave in a space, you should you should be gone. You should go. You should be asked to leave. I mean, if you're in the public square, ideally, you know, somebody can't be while we're all sitting in the public square, square having a cup of coffee or, or, or looking at the, the fountain or just talking to each other. We can't have somebody running around with a chainsaw slinging it above his head. You know, you can't have that kind of behavior that's antisocial and dangerous. That's the way I feel about it. But there you go. So just to wrap this up, I think that uh, Prof G is right. Twitter should go from a ad revenue base to a subscription base. I think that they should start verifying uh, people on it so that we can make sure that they're an actual person that will cut back on a lot of these uh, cutouts, these burner accounts that are causing a lot of trouble. And beyond that, Again, you, you have a subscription base, you you get verification base, you're going to get rid of a lot of toxicity, toxicity if you do that. And um, I think that we're going to see a lot more innovation out of uh, our friends at Twitter if they do that. So those are my thoughts on that. What do you think? Love to hear your comments. It's really easy to send me a message. If you don't want to go through Anchor, which there should be a link in the show notes to do that, you can always just uh, whip out your smartphone right now and say, Alex, I think you're full of it. I think Twitter's fine the way it is. Or Alex, I agree. Or if you just have a question for the old uh, uh, virtual mailbag, I'd be happy to try to answer it. All right. See you on Twitter. Been there, done that, got the t-shirt. But have you been there, done that, and got the t-shirt? Now's your chance. If you are a big fan of the Virtual Lounge right here at PR After Hours, why don't you tell the world and take our spiffy logo and plaster it across your chest for the whole world to see? Well, for the whole world to see on Zoom or or whenever you do finally get out of your house. The PR After Hours tee shows that you're an exclusive member of the Virtual Lounge. It's a cool, comfortable, ring-spun, soft cotton tee. Um, We look for the best possible options we could go for in these t-shirts, and it's in a variety of colors. You can get them in dark heather gray, royal blue, storm, maroon or good old-fashioned white these are really comfortable shirts we offer a premium unisex tee from extra small all the way to 4xl and a women's slim fit tee which goes from small to 2xl they are a hoot they look cool and besides they'll they'll do what we love to do most here at pr after hours start a conversation the pr after hours t-shirt is available now on bonfire the link is in the show notes And I hope you'll look into getting one. I not only think they look cool and be great conversation starters, but they'll help us keep the virtual lounge doors open. Thanks so much. Oh, you know what that means? Looks like it's last call here at your virtual lounge for PR news views and interviews. Don't forget, you can ask me a question anytime. You can do it through our Twitter account, which is at ours PR, or even better, you can send me a message vocally. I would love to hear your voice and I'll answer it on the show. There's a link in the show notes. All you have to do is sign up through Anchor FM. It's free, doesn't take long and you record your message, I get the message, I will play your audio, just give me your first name and the city you live in, and then I will answer the question to the best of my ability right here on the show. Don't forget to, if you're enjoying this podcast, you can support it and help increase the frequency and value of the show. Just consider being a sponsor for your brand or your agency or just yourself because you're like, I like this show. 
or just drop a few coins in the virtual tip jar. Either way, there's links in the show notes. Please check that out. All of that, of course, being in the show notes where you're listening right now or at prafterhours.com. I see that they're turning up the lights. Last call is over, and I've got to clean up this virtual lounge. And until next time, I'm Alex Greenwood, and you've been listening to PR After Hours on Anchor FM.